were all the other ones taken is what I want to know. The what, the where, the why, the when, the how. How come these still aren't band names? How come there has never been a band called The Where? This is one of those times I wish we could go back in time. It would be really interesting if we could go back in time to be there, you know, like as a little fly on the wall when they decide their band name. What goes into the thought? I just want to get this straight. If you had a time machine. This is what I would what do with you, it. <laughs> what you would use it for. Yes. Is to go back and watch The Who come up with their band name. Yeah, I think, I think some people would say, I'm going to kill Hitler or I want to meet Jesus or some you're, nonsense. You're like, waste of time. Yeah. I want to know why the fuck the band The Who thought it was a good idea to name themselves The Who. Well, Pete did want to name the band The Hair. Like, on top of your head, The Hair. Uh, equally is so lame. So I don't know which is worse. They're both bad. I don't know which is worse, but I'm sure that he in particular is glad that the band did not end up being named The Hair because uh, is follically challenged a term? Uh, yeah. Is that a phrase? Follically challenged. Yeah. It is now. And I think we should make a shirt that says that. With his fucking face on it the who sucks with <laughs> follically challenged in parentheses he caught a lot of shit for writing this lyric in the song my generation pete townsend wrote the lyric i hope i die before i get old and he didn't die and he Too late. did get old really i don't know what's better or worse going on stage as a bald man to play in a band called the hair how would that be that would have been i guess it could have been worse i respect bands when they know when to throw in the towel oh you know what i mean yeah. like i really respect that the who being a band that never embraced that. They should have named the band The Who's and been a, a Dr. Seuss I was just going to say, it's, yeah. it's funny because I didn't know where you were going with that. But that's exactly <laughs> the first thing that popped in my head is like... They would be way more interesting as a band who made rock versions of Dr. Seuss books. Does that exist? If it does, it that's a great idea and someone should do it. Yet another genius concept yeah. dropped for free on this free podcast. Because if you don't start a band tomorrow that just does Dr. Seuss-themed music, Go fuck yourself. you're missing out. Yeah, You're missing out on a million-dollar idea. Someone should do it. Just don't sound like The Who. I don't know. It, it would be kind of funny if they did sound like The Who, but better. I actually made notes for the episode tonight, which I don't always do. Well, let me just sit here and shut up. <laughs> yeah. Let me take the reins here, Tyler. Nickelback exists because of The Who. Subpar everything. Oh, dude, yeah. So many shitty bands exist because of The Who. Absolutely. All the things that bad bands do, The Who did. So pretty much the entire conversation around this band is they're the third most important band of the British invasion, right behind the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. I think you know how we feel about those. <laughs> Big time Who fans will even argue that the Who is better or more influential than one or both of those bands. You might be able to make the argument that they were more influential, but not in a good way. And in my book, the only reason to say that The Who is better than The Beatles or The Rolling Stones is you're trying to piss someone off because you don't want to be talking to them anymore. Yeah, that's not even in the same world. The Who are in no way comparable to either The Beatles or The Rolling Stones. In musical terms, yeah. it's not... A and you know what sucks is to even have to think about defending The Rolling Stones even for a second really bothers me. But I don't know. The Who are fucking horrible. It's so bad. One way that you could say that they are relevant or that they matter in this scene is image. If you want to talk about image, okay, I would give you that because a young Roger Daltrey looks like the cover of a dime store romance novel compared to any member of those other bands. His good looks get some far. Your great grandmas were all jacking off to this guy. Some of your great grandpas were too. Different strokes for different folks, you know. <laughs> Everyone has their thing, you know. It's cool. 
He was a good looking guy. People who call the Who an influential band musically, I cannot see that. What did they influence exactly? Mediocre guitar playing, mediocre singing, yeah. mediocre being musicians, yes. uh, writing songs that they can't play live whatsoever. If that's an inspiration to people, then the Who is right at the top. It's, hey, it's man, really, I have an idea. We're going to write this song. That's it. Though. Only when we play it live, it's not going to sound anything that's like it. it. They have an idea, and then they can't do it. That's what I see when I look at The Who. I see ideas, and then they fail to realize those ideas. They fail to put them into concrete form. You've got other bands going, hang on a minute, guys. Is this what you were trying to do? And just knocking it out of the park. Just home fucking run with what The Who was failing at. You've got the Beatles showing them the right way to make hard rock with Helter Skelter. You've got Jimi Hendrix showing them the right way to integrate feedback with diatonic music. You've got Pink Floyd showing them the right way to use synthesizers and guitar music. You've got U2 showing them how to trick everyone into thinking your band has a guitar player when it doesn't. All these bands did The Who better than The Who. It's so crazy. It's true. And I hate all those bands. Well, yeah. So, but it just makes me, it just bums me out to... You're not even as good as the other shitty bands. Why are we even doing a podcast on The Who when you really break it down like that? We shouldn't even be wasting our time. <laughs> the fact that anybody likes this band, I really do have to question their opinions on everything. Were they technically the first? I don't know. But was the first human being who tripped and fell down a hill the person who invented the somersault? I don't know. Do we give them a gold star for that? <laughs> I, you, I fell down the stairs backwards. You don't get the I invented a backflip award for that. No. I mean, anyone who cares, if you're taking this shit seriously, just go fucking look it up. Go watch a video of Pete Townsend letting his guitar feed back and notice how very little he's doing with that other than to let it happen. Then find a video of what Jimi Hendrix was doing in the same year. It's like the difference between having played Excite Bike once and being Evil Knievel. The Who paved the way for mediocrity. A lot of people would look at Hendrix or maybe other guitar players and go, I wish I could play guitar like that or play guitar, period. But when they realize at some point how much work it takes to be as good as Hendrix or like no matter how hard they work, they can never be that good. Boom, Pete Townsend. Yeah. He's the perfect guy for it. For people that couldn't actually play their guitars to go, it's cool, dude. I can't either. He's an immediate predecessor of The Edge. I don't think you get to The Edge without Pete Townsend. So yeah, fucking give him all the accolades. Go for it. I just can't even believe we still consider The Edge a guitar player, but whatever. I don't. I don't consider Pete Townsend a guitar player. No, but The Edge could be replaced by a keyboard. Anyways, he could be replaced by a 12-year-old that can play power chords. Oh, sure. The Who had this song called I Can See For Miles, and everyone was acting like it was the heaviest shit they'd ever heard. You got Paul fucking McCartney reads a review describing this song as some wild and crazy apocalyptic musical event, you know. He gets all excited to hear it. Oh, th that sounds like it's going to be crazy. I can't wait to hear that. I can't wait to get my ears on this thing. Listens to it, and it's a vanilla-ass rock song. Ugh, who cares? So Paul McCartney, the guy who would go on to form Wings, writes Helter Skelter and shows everyone what the fuck is up. Sir Paul sets his nuts on the table and says, that's how you do that shit. How does the who or Pete not just quit? Yeah. Pack it up. It's over. We're never going to be that good. So we got to stop. Paul McCartney just went harder than you ever will go. That's brutal. Paul McCartney. It is. It is bad. You would think that Pete would just go, fuck it. We're done. I think he kind of did. I think he did at a certain point say, fuck up, we're done with this version of our band. Because what we're going to get into is how there are basically two versions of The Who. Which version was worse? 
Oh God, we should wait until we get in there okay. and talk about that. Cause I, yeah, I don't know. Let's get in. But as always, when we talk about the British invasion, we have to point out that what we're talking about is people in America going crazy for their own music filtered through this cool otherness of it being played by people from overseas. Yeah, you could have already been listening to this music. Should have been. Yeah, <laughs> but they weren't. Coulda, shoulda. Yeah. We've been over this before. Listen to American rock music. We invented it and we're better at it. The end. Inventing something doesn't necessarily mean you're the best at it, but we are undeniably the best at rock music. Anyone listening to this podcast in Europe right now is like smashing their phones. So like, what? Who cares? Smashing their phones. Drink some tea about it. See if I give a shit. Oh my God. You don't get any more rock and roll than the American colonies telling England, you go fuck off. We're our own country now. We invented punk rock. Yes. We told the monarchy to go fuck itself way before the Sex Pistols. Yeah. And, and yeah, I can see why you want to play this music and try to feel as cool as we are, but it's just not ever going to happen. No. And the Who was the worst of the... Three. The fact that we even have to consider them in the top three there. You also can't even say that these British musicians heard something Americans didn't hear in our own music. They didn't hear Chicago blues or honky-tonk country or whatever other subgenres you hear as lead-ins to hard rock music. They didn't hear that and then turn it into something new because we'd already done that too. Why do you think, uh, well, we can do this on a more serious podcast. It would actually be entertaining to try and figure that out, why uh, Americans rejected their own music. Or do you think they rejected it? Well, not rejected it, but didn't pay as close attention as they did. There's just a little bit of a time gap. They just moved on to some other stuff and enough time for it to go over to Europe. And then when it gets sent back. It's been washed. Yeah, it's like uh, designer clothing. You know, you can wear a t-shirt that is just, it's it's a t-shirt. It does everything a t-shirt's supposed to do. Dolce & Gabbana makes the same shirt, automatically it's cooler. Yeah. It's the same shit. So is the Who like the Hanes shirt? I don't know. Whatever the European version of Walmart is, is what the Who is. Yeah. I don't know. We'll figure that out. I'm not going to figure that out. I no, don't care. I don't either. I'm not either. <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> like, what I'm going to do tonight when I get home is look up. What is the, uh, hey Siri, what is the uh, European version of Walmart? Okay, so the who become a part of the British invasion by deliberately trying to copy the kinks, which makes them end up sounding like a shittier version of the Beatles. The who's band name should have been the shitty Beatles. And this is one of those situations where I'm stating an objective fact, but someone's going to get mad at me for saying the Who started out as Kinks ripoffs. Uh, Townsend tried to write songs that sounded like the Kinks in order to get the Kinks producer to want to produce the Who, and then that's what happened. The truth hurts. All those things doesn't matter, man. The, the Who, Pete Townsend, especially for some reason, these people that love Pete Townsend, like he can do no wrong. But I don't get it. The, there's nothing interesting to me about Pete Townsend. From the first time that I heard The Who, you know, it's, oh, you got to check out The Who. They're great. You listen to it, and this guitar player sucks. At no point in my entire fucking life has anyone ever handed me a piece of information that made me reevaluate my opinion of Pete Townsend. It's only gotten worse, honestly. So I don't think we should try to like go through the discography album by album. I'm not interested in doing that. I don't think you are. Do not know how many records they have. I don't either. Who cares? Exactly, because nobody cares. That's the thing. That's the thing about The Who is they have a couple big songs. Do you think that people actually listen to the entire Who records? Most people, fuck no, man. No fucking way. There's no way. No. Most people know six lyrics from The Who's entire. How many people know those lyrics and don't know the band? 
that's how irrelevant they are. Oh. It's because they know those huge songs and they couldn't even tell you who sang it. Yeah, whatever the title of that Love Rain Over Me song is, I promise you there are maybe a million people on this planet right now who know that song, do not know that it's by The Who. From now on, when any of these songs come on in a bar, I'm going to ask people, who sings this? You will have already told them the answer by asking the question. So quick they don't hear it, but I'm going to say, the Who sings this? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Yeah, anyone who doesn't notice it immediately, boom, they don't know. Everyone listening to this also do that. Yes, this is a thing. Start doing this now. This is great. I want it. I want it in me. Uh, there are basically two incarnations of this band, and as a result, two types of hardcore Who fan. You've got the fan who thinks the song My Generation is one of the best songs of the British Invasion, and all their music that sounds like that is underrated compared to the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Didn't Limp Bizkit do a song called My Generation? Who did it better? Do you even need us to say it? Limp Bizkit. Always. On a scale of one to Limp Bizkit, Limp Bizkit is the answer. Someone tweeted at us something like, uh, one of their favorite things about the podcast is how we always end up accidentally defending Limp Bizkit. Hey, it's not a fucking accident. No. Limp Bizkit is better than your favorite band. I don't give a shit who your favorite band is. Limp Bizkit is better than your favorite we band. We have yet to do a band that I don't think Limp Bizkit is better than. <laughs> not a single one. Nope. Then... You have the fan who thinks Tommy or Who's Next or Quadrophenia or any of these other albums are game changers for conceptual rock music. I don't think my position on this is going to surprise anyone. I think this band always sucked. I think so too. In my opinion, there is nothing redeeming about any of the music. It is just generic music that I would literally would expect a high school kid to oh, write. Oh man. So one thing The Who was an early example of is the whole loud, quiet, loud thing that comes up when we talk about bands like the Pixies or Nirvana. God, you're right. It absolutely is the who. That's not a good thing because the reason they sound that way is they are absolute shit at writing melodies. There's never a good melody in a song by the who. There's never a melody that you could sit on a piano, just play it in single notes with one finger, and you're going to be like, damn, that's cool. It's all going to sound moronic sound like stupid it would sound like a child their a child most thing. iconic thing from later period the bob o'reilly thing hmm 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 right hmm. it does sound hmm. like a, a kid hmm. playing the piano for the first time it's childish they have to rely on dynamics and attitude to get by because there's nothing else here and that gets old so quickly yeah if you go to see the who because you're expecting pete to break something and that's it that's the whole reason you yeah. go is like oh i'm gonna go watch this guy he's gonna destroy shit then you're not going there because the music's good might as well go see a movie or something have you ever considered breaking something yourself it's cheaper. It feels so much better than watching someone else break something. Go break something. Go to, I mean, don't break someone else's something. Well, you know? Go on Craigslist, buy a cheap guitar. Just go to Craigslist and uh, free. There's like yeah. Craigslist free stuff, right? People are giving shit. Get a fucking toaster and smash it on the ground. Come on. Shit, if you want a guitar, I guarantee you can find a cheap guitar for 10 bucks or 20 bucks. Some shitty, Easy. you know, somebody's just selling it. Go to a flea market. Yeah. I bought guitars for $15 yeah, before. And then you just smash it. You don't even need to go see Pete to do it. So relying on dynamics and attitude, it gets old so fast. And, and all of their songs go on for so much longer than they should. By the time the third chorus comes around, you're just like, okay, next, please next. Let's hear a different three power chords played real super hard for Roger to yell over. It's almost like they didn't want, they couldn't decide if they wanted to be a power chord rock band 
or Pink Floyd or Rush, yeah. you know, long ass songs. Pat it up with synthesizers and shit. Like fill it in with all these other textures. Which they never fucking did live half the time. Nope. A majority of the time, I, they didn't do it live. Anyways. Here's something that's kind of funny. The way that Roger Daltrey does that stutter thing when he's singing my generation. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the BBC was afraid that would be offensive to people who really do have a stutter. So they didn't want to play it. No shit. Maybe that is offensive. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't have a stutter. Kind of shocking to me back then they cared, but that's cool. This is the song with the line in it. Uh, I hope I die before I get old. They've gotten so much shit for this lyric over the years that it almost feels like a cliche for us to dump on them about it. I would even go so far as to say it's a great lyric in a rock song for a bunch of young guys. You know, a bunch of young guys in a rock band. That's an awesome lyric in a song. Hope I die before I get old. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you were at a show and someone just like yelled that out, you'd never heard it in a song before, you'd be like, fuck. You'd be like, fuck yeah, man. That's cool. <laughs> I don't want to get old either. But their continued existence and failure to produce anything else of value dilutes it. Kind of cancels it out. Absolutely. Back to ground zero here. So let's touch on the pretentious phase of their career before we talk about how bad each one of them are as musicians. So at one point, you're saying to me that they weren't pretentious. I guess if you get into the literal meaning of the word pretentious, which is, you know, trying to do something that you can't do, they really always were pretentious. Can we talk about the live video yet? Or are we not there yet? We're going to get there. Stick with us. We're going to come back to it. Okay. So at some point, Pete Townsend must have realized he was bringing nothing to the table and he needed to distract people with a bunch of big ideas to make his songs seem more interesting. Kind of similar to Tool, actually. Mm-hmm. This is where you get into the album, The Who Sell Out. It's this album that's got all these commercials cut into the album and everything. And the band is doing real sponsorships. But it's, you know, it's, it's funny and it's cool because it's postmodern and self-aware. So we have new t-shirts, but I just realized, can we say how... How specifically can we describe the designs of our new shirts? Uh, we have shirts that roundaboutly might kind of make you think of a certain 90s runs rock band uh, and or another famous rock band from the across the pond. It rhymes with the bowling bones. <laughs> the bowling bones. Yeah. Shmervana. <laughs> Shmervana. Come on down to yfbspod.com. Merch store. Buy a t-shirt. Buy a flag. Buy a pin. Buy a sticker. Fast forward to 2018, you've got the douchebag from Grizzly Bear whining about how long it's been since his band was in a car commercial. Yeah, thanks. Way to go, guys. You, but, so they made a record called The Who Sells Out, where they actually did. All they did was they were just extremely blatant about it and told everyone that it was art. This is the and most- And they bought it, hook, line, and sinker. That is the most counter- rock and roll, punk rock, whatever thing humanly possible. And by the way, I didn't even write any of this shit in my notes because it just seems like such an obvious thing. But I'll point out, if you think I'm being an asshole right now by saying that they did sell out and pretended like they weren't selling out or whatever, look up any interview where Pete Townsend is talking shit on the band that he's in. He hates being in The Who. He says it in interviews. I don't like being in this band. I don't like touring. He goes so far as to say when he sees a picture of himself smiling on stage, it makes him realize how good of an actor he is. So why is he doing it? Why else would he do it? It's the only possible human thing. It's not going to be because he wants to go down in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as the fucking greatest guitar player of all time. Or he would have practiced. Not even close. It's better than working at Walmart as a greeter because that's what he'd be doing. No <laughs> offense to any of the Walmart greeters out there. Shout out for having a job. But that's exactly what he would be doing. Because what the fuck else? He's not going to be a guitar player in another band because he's not good. 
He's fucking lanky, tall, goofy looking dude. He's not going to be a male model. Mm -mm. So he's going to be selling you insurance. That's what he's going to be doing. And so, yeah, he's going to get up on stage and he's going to paint a smile on and he's going to play shitty guitar and go, thank you for coming to the show while I cash my checks. So from here on out, it's mostly concept albums with this band. I mean, uh, Pete found a way to not feel like an imposter. By the way, uh, you can also find interview quotes of him directly stating that's what he felt like trying to play music lifted from black people. So I'm also not making that up either. Just go look it up. The other thing that he's doing now that it's all high concept, artsy fartsy bullshit is he's now free to add in a ton of other instruments and a ton of other crazy production to represent all these ideas and his stories that he's inventing and all this bullshit to cover up even further how bad he is at guitar. This is where you get all the synthesizers and everything. It's such a departure from what The Who started as, at least. Also or- just like layering the shit out of the guitars. And there are, there's always an acoustic guitar in the background, too. I thought this was supposed to be hard rock music. Why the fuck is there an acoustic guitar banging away in the background through the entirety of a rock and roll song? That is not cool. That does not rock. Acoustic guitars do not rock. And again, something that they cannot execute live. As the band progresses in their yeah. career, starts making these weirder and weirder albums, these whatever... They get worse. I don't know how. Listen to a song like Bargain from Who's Next and ask yourself, why in the total fuck am I hearing an acoustic guitar through all of this five minute and 30 second long rock song? Why is there an acoustic guitar banging away the entire fucking time? And why is the song almost six minutes long? This is not rock and roll. Recording 75 million overdubs on a song makes it sound like there's a lot more going on than there actually is, and it tricks people who don't know what they're hearing into thinking that it's good. You know, back in the day before there was a lot of tracks. On the studio stuff, I would strongly encourage everyone to go listen to the song You Better You Bet by The Who, and realize that's the band we're talking about today. Realize that this is a top 10 song in the UK and a number one song in America. Realize that people heard this half-hard boner of a song and thought it was a hit. Maybe we should be mad at the people and not mad at the who for buying That's it. victim blaming. <laughs> Fair. Can't do that. You <laughs> poor <laughs> suckers got suckered into it. It's not your fault. And also realize that this happened while Freddie Mercury was still alive and Queen was still a kick-ass band. There's no reason for the who to be able to get away with this shit while Queen is just nailing it. I wonder how many bands exist because people just want more. You know what I mean? Like if we weren't so wired to just want more, more, more all the time, how many of these bands wouldn't exist? Because there's so many bands that would just satiate your need for good music. Like the who would not exist if people weren't constantly looking for more things to listen to. For sure. Queen hasn't put out a new record or whoever they like hasn't put out a new record. And boom, there's the who. Yep. And they're like, okay, I guess I'm going to listen to this. And then you listen to it 30 fucking times. You know every fucking word to it. Like Nickelback or some shit. Like I know Nickelback lyrics. Not because I like Nickelback, but because I fucking can't escape it. It's just like the who. They turn on the radio. It gets jammed down their throat. Next thing you know, they're buying a Pete Townsend shirt. (laughs) Also, what kind of dickheads name their biggest hit song anything except for the words in the chorus of that song? Stupid. That's just fucking stupid and peak pretentious shittiness. Anytime someone is talking to me and they refer to the Who song Baba O'Reilly by calling it Teenage Wasteland, who gives a fuck? That's the fucking song should be called. That should be the name of that song. There are people listening to this that don't even realize that's the name of the song. Oh, for sure, man. How many heads are blown right now? It's what? It's called what? It's not called what? What? It's called Baba (laughs) O'Reilly. Right. It's not called. 
called? Wait, what the fuck is going on right now? And if you're the kind of person who, when someone does talk about the song Teenage Wasteland by The Who, where you correct them and tell them it is Baba O'Reilly, try jacking off with your other hand tonight for something different. <laughs> Do you know that I forgot that the song Behind Blue Eyes existed until I sat down to look stuff up for this episode? Why? Because it sucks. It's so bad. The song sucks? Yeah. yeah. Well, and also Fred Durst covered it and you know, did it so much better. <laughs> exactly. That's the, the, but there's no such thing as a good version of the song. No, it's actually... The, I was just going to say that's a really... It's a shitty cover. The lyrics are so stupid. Yeah. The lyrics... No one knows what it's like to be the sad man. Everyone knows what it's like to be the sad man. To be hated, to be jaded. Is that... Everyone? Worst? Yeah. If no one knew what it was like, it would be the worst possible thing to write a song about because no one would relate to it and no one would buy it. Behind Blue Eyes is basically the Who's Stairway to Heaven, shorter and worse, which is paradoxically sort of better because Stairway to Heaven is a very bad song and a very long song. So shorter is better, but also the Who are so much worse than Led Zeppelin I really don't know where I land on this. Why are you making that face? Because the comparison just hurts my face. Do you like Stairway to Heaven? No, it's stupid, but I'm just saying that comparison is really hurting me. It just doesn't seem okay to me. It's similar. We probably have to talk about Tommy a little bit before moving on, just because everyone's going to expect us to. I don't, have you ever listened to Tommy? Yeah. What, you got any feelings no, about I it? No, I hate that shit. What's wrong with it? I just don't like any of that stuff. I don't know how to say it other than I just hate anything that revolves around that style of music, that approach to anything. The album went through several different names in the recording process, and I'm so happy. I'm sure you don't know them, and I get to be the person who gets to tell you- My favorite part of this whole podcast. What some of the original titles of this album were. All right, one of them. I was going to say the other one first. I'm going to go with this one first. Amazing Journey. It's so deep, dude. The Who. Amazing Journey. Ooh. <laughs> Amazing Journey. What the fuck is that? You ready for the other title? Yeah. You're going to shit your pants. <laughs> Let me get ready. Deaf, Dumb, and Blind Boy. Deaf, Dumb, and Blind Boy. The Who were going to issue an album titled Deaf, Dumb, and Blind Boy. Which, I mean, I really, really wish they had named the album that. Because they would have given us so much more oh to talk my about. God, this podcast would be like three hours long. We would just talk about that. That's a lyric taken from the song Pinball Wizard, which is one of the dumbest songs ever written. Do you know why Pinball Wizard was written? Let me guess. I'm going to go really deep here, but because they loved playing pinball. You're close. Yes, of course. You're not going to like it when I tell you. It's because this important music critic who had heard and disliked an early version of Tommy, this guy loved to play pinball. So they were just playing to him? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. If you like The Who and you're listening to this and you still like The Who after this, we got to talk. Yeah, it's fucked up. You're basically writing a love song to a specific individual rock critic to get a good review. That's so shitty. All the while, everyone is just drinking it up. Oh, yeah, Pinball Wizard. I love that. I think it kind of shows you what we're dealing with here. It almost seems cynical to me. It, it almost seems cynical, the entire approach to music here. And also, the song is so fucking stupid in itself. Hey, guys, what if there was a deaf, mute, blind kid? Oh, wait, let's call him dumb instead of mute because of my antiquated British offensiveness. How quaint. 
So this deaf, dumb, and blind kid, let's see, he's got to be really good at something. Something that also makes zero sense. He's got to be really good at something that a deaf, dumb, blind kid could never be good at. They'll never be able to do this thing. What is it? What is it? <gasps> uh, what do we say? It's got to make zero sense, though. What do we say? Mm, I think pinball. Pinball. Yeah, it's stupid, but I mean, it's not like any deaf kids are going to hear it. Am I right? And the dumb ones won't be able to complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> they said yes. Who doesn't stop that? Who doesn't stop this from happening? The people that write a song about pinball because it's their music critics. Also, is there such a thing as a good rock opera? No, Jesus, no. Rock operas suck. It's a stupid idea. It's a dumb concept. Any, I don't like any musicals. That's the thing. Fuck no. I hate all musicals. There's never so. been a good one. There's never going to be a good one because there's nothing more antithetical to rock and roll than opera. There's nothing more antithetical to opera than rock and roll. Just hearing this is enough to make me ask the question, does Pete Townsend like rock and roll? And I know for a fact the answer is no, because he said in interviews that he doesn't like rock and roll. So there's this cynical fucking need to elevate lowly rock music to the heights of respected art forms. You know what? That actually made me think. I know a guy that's in a rock band. He hates guitar. Well, are you going to say his name or are we just no, wasting no, time No, no, I can't do that. Well, I just think that just made me think about it. Sorry, I got a little sidetracked there. My initial response to that would be like, oh, that's crazy to say that. But then I thought to myself, oh, wait, it's not crazy to say that because I heard somebody else say the same thing. I am in a rock band and I don't like guitar. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It's an abject betrayal of what rock music is, who it is for, and why it exists. We don't need to help the record industry gentrify rock music, guys. Uh, they'll get around to it on their own. High art versions of rock and roll makes you want to puke. All right, let's get into the individual musicianship. Who are we going to start with, Pete? <laughs> we, uh, uh, oh, well, first of all, if anyone wants to have some examples of what we're about to talk about, get on YouTube and check out this video. I showed it to you, Mark. The Who playing Won't Get Fooled Again live at Kilburn in 1977. What did you think about that video? I have been waiting this entire podcast. Mark Mosley, what did you think about this video? Talk about this. I legitimately thought it was one of those shreds videos. Have you ever seen like Metallica shreds and it's just all fucked up? If you haven't seen it later on, look up. It's Metallica shreds is just a really good one because it's hilarious. I legitimately thought it was a joke when you sent it to me. It is a joke. I quickly realized that they weren't it because it's just Pete on the guitar playing a song with 75 freaking guitars on it. To clarify, the studio version has a ton of guitars on it. That's what I'm saying. And he's trying to do it. It so it, doesn't, yeah. it's not even close. It is the legitimately the same as going to a high school talent competition and those bands. And I'm not exaggerating. It, that is not an exaggeration. No. Even if you were a fan of The Who. I've seen high school bands who are much better than this. Yes, if you're a fan of The Who, go watch it. And just for a second, in the first minute, that the, the, only have to watch the first minute. Fuck that. Watch the whole thing. But if the first minute doesn't prove to you that it's not good, that's the greatest proof that The Who is a bullshit band. This video is a motherfucking train wreck. From beginning to end, and it's nine minutes long. A nine-minute version of Won't Get Fooled Again that it doesn't seem like any of them are playing the same song at any given point in the video. No, and they don't have any seemingly from the video any... There's no chemistry here. No, there's no chemistry and there's no self-awareness any point where they go, 
oh my God, this sucks. Yeah, we're fucking this up hard. Right. If they do have it, they've done a really great job at not showing it. And people who want to defend this band will say, uh, guys, they hadn't played together in a year and they were rusty. Uh, a, no fucking shit. But B, it's their goddamn job to not be rusty. It's all they do. They're a rock band. Are they or are they not a professional rock band? It's not like anyone. Were they forced to not practice before this? Were they held at gunpoint in separate rooms and kept from playing music with each other in order to get back into the swing of things or whatever? Bands go a year without playing together all the fucking time and they don't get on stage and do this. You want another example? Look up them playing the song My Generation at Woodstock. It is just an abortion of this song. At one point in the song, they just stop playing the version of the song that we all know and then kick into this weird, like, half-tempo extended jam that is just trash. Trash on trash. Watch that entire video and tell me this is a good band because they're just fucking not. And if you want to make excuses for them on the Woodstock gig too, I've got to ask, when can I expect this band to be able to play a decent fucking concert? Never. I thought this was supposed to be the third best band of the British Invasion. When can they take off the training wheels? Yo, do me a favor real quick if you're listening to this podcast. Which you uh, are. You're obviously listening to this podcast. Do you think they're listening to the podcast right now? They're still listening. (laughs) Yeah, I guess they're listening, yeah. We really need you to subscribe. Wherever you're listening, hit the subscribe button. Definitely make sure you're subscribed. We've got merch now. What, shirts and pins and stickers and stuff? Yeah, on the website. Go to our website, yfbspod.com. Just do it. Just do it. That would be a good slogan for something. we should make a shirt. Okay. When can I watch a good fucking concert from this band? How perfect do the conditions need to be for these guys to do their job? I think Mark's scared to talk right now. I I fully agree, 100%. I got nothing to add to it. There was never a point in any of the videos that I think to myself, this is really good, or they were tight, or there was any chemistry. It was almost the equivalent of everyone they put on their own headphones, and they weren't playing with each other. It really is anxiety-inducing. I felt embarrassed for every individual member particularly in the Kilburn video. Watching that, I'm just like, oh my God, this is mortifying for every single one of these people. So let's just fucking go in one at a time. Might as well start with Pete Townsend. When this band first started playing together, what they played was instrumentals, like surf rock type shit, which is another influence on hard rock and another genre that came from America. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Listen to Rumble by Link Ray. Listen to The Ventures. When The Who was playing this kind of music, using whatever band name they had at the time, I don't know, I don't think they were going by The Who yet. Uh, Roger Daltrey was the lead guitar player. And Pete Townsend was the rhythm guitar player. They swapped? Well, no. When they realized that no one wanted to hear that shit. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it was terrible. There's no way they were good at this. But (laughs) when they realized that no one in their right mind would ever want to listen to this racket, Roger started singing, and Pete got a promotion that he never should have received. There you go. And in your life, just in your day-to-day life, how many times a week do you see a person doing a job that they have no business doing? Every now and then. Just every now and then? Yeah, sure, sporadically. Just every few hours a day? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so why is it so hard for people to understand that the same thing happens in bands? It does. It happens all the time. Why do people not get that? People don't want to accept that fact. This guy has no business doing this. Yeah, you know, just because you like and identify some songs and you think they're a great band doesn't mean it's true. 
doesn't mean they're good. It, it just doesn't mean they're talented. It doesn't mean they're worthy of any accolades whatsoever. I have had so many people say to me that Pete Townsend is a great rhythm guitar player. We can absolutely establish that is not true. I don't know if these people think rhythm guitar means doing everything with a guitar besides playing it while someone else plays the guitar in the band, and that's what they think the lead guitar is, is the guy who actually plays the guitar, and rhythm guitar means the guy who's just on stage and they aren't sure what he's doing. I don't know if that's what these people think, but ho holy fuck, Pete Townsend is the definition of a bad rhythm guitar player. And all anyone has to do to verify that is watch that video. Yeah. I mean, seriously. He prioritizes the way that he is standing over the rhythm of the song. The way he's standing is more important than the rhythm of the song. The way he swings his arm around in a yeah. windmill is more important than the rhythm of the song. Because how many times does he fuck up the guitar riff from trying to do this stupid shit that does not contribute to the music in any motherfucking way? The first time I watched it, I remember thinking to myself, where's the other guitar player? Why hasn't he come in yet? Because obviously Pete's not playing the fucking parts. He's just jumping. He's literally falling on the ground on his knees or whatever he does on purpose, all the while not actually playing the guitar parts, which in my head, I was like, surely there should be another guitar player, right? Like, yeah, already yeah. already playing the actual parts. And then he just does his crazy shit because it's funny. But no, he's the only fucking person playing that part. So if anyone listening to this wants to hear an example of really, really strong rhythm guitar playing in rock music, which is tragically kind of a rare thing. Thin Lizzy, Thin Lizzy. There's a song on the Jailbreak album called Angel From The Coast. This is one of my go-to examples for great rhythm guitar playing in rock music. Press play on that song. What's gonna happen is you're gonna hear that and you're gonna think, damn, Tyler's right. This is really good rhythm guitar playing. Keep listening to that song because about a minute and 40 seconds in, your fucking head is just gonna get cracked right down the middle with some of the greatest rhythm guitar playing you'll ever hear in rock music. And if you think that Pete Townsend could ever ever play this song on guitar you're high i agree on like nitrous we listened to it right before we recorded this after watching those and listening to the who live i guarantee pete couldn't actually play those parts pete townsend is so bad at playing guitar that i'm afraid he'll make me a worse guitar player just by listening to him <laughs> it's like sticking in your head somewhere like reprogramming your ability to play guitar here's a quote from wikipedia Quote, Townsend mimed machine gunning the crowd with his guitar while jumping on stage and playing guitar with a fast arm windmilling motion or stood with his arms aloft, allowing his guitar to produce feedback in a posture dubbed the Birdman, end quote. Is this WCW? I was going to say, are you a guitar player in a band or are you a fucking like professional wrestler? Either play guitar or fucking don't, dude. Bands do not have stage moves with special names. And you know what it means when someone is doing windmill guitar strums and Birdman. They're not playing guitar. They're not playing their goddamn guitar. Not a great rhythm guitar player. A great rhythm guitar player. Great rhythm guitar player, Malcolm Young. Malcolm Young, ACDC. That is the definition of a rhythm guitar player. That entire band is rhythm guitar. Because what makes a great rhythm guitar player, and this is from my non-music thing, 
is just playing the guitar. Oh, I would say so. Yes. The ability <laughs> as a musician to just play your instrument and very well and tightly and just stay in the groove. You're keeping the song going. Right. You <laughs> are the song. And you can be the most effective at it by just playing your guitar. Just play. Prioritize that. So much of this band is just posturing and so much of what people like about this band comes down to posturing or the concept of what they think they're doing more than what they're really doing. The faces you make when you play guitar do not make you a better guitar player. Smashing your guitar does not make you a better guitar player. See also The Clash. What you tell people to think about while you play guitar does not make you a better guitar player. The only thing that makes you a good guitar player, survey says... Falling on your knees while you're playing. Yeah. Right? That's it, right? Yeah, that's it. Because you did that in that one part. That was my so, answer. Yeah, I love that. That's good. I'm glad we're on the same page. It's playing your fucking guitar. Probably the funniest thing about this band is uh, people say that Jimi Hendrix stole shit from Pete Townsend. I don't have, I have no comment. As if Pete Townsend invented anything, first of all. Like Hendrix couldn't be sleepwalking and do anything Pete did, second of all. Third, uh, Townsend yells at Hendrix in person at the Monterey Pop Festival, says The Who is playing their set first because I guess he thinks that uh, they're on this show with a bunch of hippie bands and both... The Who and Hendrix are going to go out there and get all crazy in the middle of all this gentle music. So maybe he thinks whichever act the audience sees first is the one that they're going to remember got all crazy or whatever. So Hendrix is all, uh, yeah, okay, you go play first and I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to play my show. And then at the end of it, I'm going to light my guitar on fucking fire and we'll just see who remembers who. Who remembers The Who? The Who spent the next however many weeks after that opening up for Herman's Hermits. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that's what happens. Good job, guys. Don't go head to head with Hendrix. What a stupid thing. Again, if I had a time machine, what I would do oh, is- Oh, that one would be worth going back I to I want to be a fly on the wall and see what Hendrix really said and if it really pissed off Pete. All right, so going back to Roger Daltrey, there's no way every other member of this band isn't a better singer than Roger Daltrey. He looks good. He's a good-looking guy. Oh, yeah. He sings like a construction worker because he was a construction worker before being in this band. But it's smart. Maybe it was smart. They put the best-looking guy out oh, front. He just couldn't sing, <laughs> but they put him out front. Yeah, do you think we would be talking about this band if anyone else was the singer? I'm certain that Keith Moon could drink half a bottle of whiskey and still sing better than Roger Daltrey. <laughs> Fuck, he could probably drink the other half and play guitar better than Pete. <laughs> Most of the time, I think you can't even call what Roger is doing singing. He just sort of like bellows. I was going to say, it's almost like uh, not barking. Yeah. Barking, but with like, I guess, a tone to it. Sort of like if an elephant seal got slapped on the ass with a two by four. Yeah, there you go. And it's <laughs> drawn out. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Also, there's no sound in the world more annoying than the singer of a rock band trying to play a harmonica, which he does do from time to time. All right, right here's where everyone's going to get really mad at us. Are you ready? Yeah. This is where everyone's going to get very upset about this podcast episode. John Entwistle is regarded as one of the all-time great bassists in rock music, much the same with Keith Moon on drums. Mm. That was a real fart. He actually farted. This is one of those times that I actually do know the names, all the members, which I normally do not. This is a band with through and through star power. After everything we've gone over, I think we can really get inside of this and maybe dissolve some crystallized notions about this. 
I think the reason both of these guys are thought of as so amazing is that their playing is always turned up to a 10 at all times to cover up for the fact that Townsend is a miserable excuse for a guitarist. Keith Moon is essentially drum soloing the entire time. Yeah, it's like watching that video, which I'm going to reference. Yeah, again. no, you should. It's the perfect example of what I'm saying. He's just playing drums and it's not with anybody else. He's just drum soloing the entire time. Right. And Twistle is just bass solo the entire fucking time. And Townsend in the video is jumping around, tripping all over himself, trying to hit his guitar strings in the middle of all this other garbage he's doing. And Roger is, oh, give her a girl. It's so bad that I wouldn't be shocked if the sound guy was at the soundboard with a flashlight and shined it right when Daltrey was supposed to come in and sing <laughs> because it sounded nothing like the song. And he didn't know when to start singing his part. So they did like remind him, okay, start now because what they're playing is not the song. So with John Entwistle, all we're hearing is a bass player who wanted to be a guitar player. This is a dime a dozen thing. He thought his fingers were too fat to play guitar or something, so, oh well, I'm a bass player, but I'm playing this thing like it's a fucking guitar, especially because that guy on the other side of the stage can't play his guitar. That's all you've got going on here. John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin smokes John Entwistle. Yeah. It's not even close. And anyone who wants to say that we can't compare Led Zeppelin to The Who because Zeppelin came later, go ahead and shove that up your ass because Jimmy Page was a studio guitarist on The Who's first single. These were contemporary musicians. They were playing at the same time with the same influences, all the same thing. What came out of one band and what came out of the other band are worlds apart. Yeah, I think that's kind of crazy. I did not know that. That's a really interesting factoid that you just said right there. Do you wonder if he was playing guitar in the studio with them and was like, uh, are you serious? Well, what was standard in especially rock music in the British Invasion, awful musicians, just miserable musicians. So the producers always had studio people hanging around. Playing live and playing in a studio are very different things. And you may even get someone who's really good live, you know, not like Pete Townsend but someone who is really good live that gets into the studio, maybe they get nervous. Maybe the way they play is too messy. There's too much string noise, like their fingers on the strings. It makes too much noise or something like that. You get the studio guy to come in and do the parts and it's great. Super tight, right? And the whole legend with Jimmy Page is this guy doesn't even know all of the hits that he played on. Thousands of recording sessions, just hundreds of hit songs that he's not even sure whether or not he's the guy who played on them. Mm. And he was there for the Who's first recording session. So it is absolutely fair to judge Led Zeppelin against the Who. Which is so not even close to a comparison. I don't even think of them in the same realm. Now, Keith Moon, don't get me wrong. I think Keith Moon is hilarious. I love this guy as a person. I would love to hang out with him, party with this guy. Are you kidding me? Top five for sure. He's just like known though as a drummer. Like in drummer world, it's like a dad that beat the shit out of his drums. Really aggressive, hard drums. Like, is that like the thing that he did? He wasn't like a pocket in the groove drummer. No, fuck no. He wasn't he a was drummer. He was a guy that would like, as a drummer, would just go out and play his, his thing that he wanted to play. It would take me all night to read quotes from drummers talking about how bad of a drummer Keith Moon was. Sometimes they'll say things like, he wasn't a good drummer, but he was perfect for the who. Again, I believe that's just a nice way of saying Keith sucked at drums, but he did what he had to do to cover for how shitty that guitar player was. He fit in perfect with the mediocrity, which was known as Pete Townsend. But I think Keith Moon is hilarious. I mean, one time he was so fucked up during his show that he passed out in the middle of a song. Just that's passed awesome. out right there at the drum kit. And Townsend asked if anyone in the crowd could play drums 
they finished the show with a fan. They brought a fan on stage, put him on the drum kit, finished that show with a fan playing drums. This guy drove cars into hotel swimming pools. It's awesome. He blew up who knows how many toilets, flushing lit cherry bombs down. I mean, that sucks if you're a maintenance employee at a hotel or whatever. But for everyone else, this is exactly what you want in a rock star, right? But fuck being in a band with this guy. Just fuck being in a band with yeah, this guy. Yeah, you could be, he was a fun, ridiculous rock star with great rock and roll stories. Shitty drummer. Absolutely. One more thing I got to say, I can't end it. It's not really the who, but if I made a compilation CD of the songs that I hate the most in existence, we're talking 80 minutes of music that I think is just the worst shit I've ever heard. Pete Townsend's Let My Love Open the Door is going on that CD. You know that song, right? No. Yes, wait, wait, do. wait. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Sorry. On your 50 word, what did you say? It was like- a CD holds like 80 minutes of music. You know, if we're talking 80 minutes of the absolute worst music ever made, however long Let My Love Open the Door is. It's going to be on there. It's worth some of that 80 minutes. We should do a uh, playlist of the worst songs of every band that we cover on, on this podcast. Maybe we'll do that. Just- Endure the punishment. Or it would be a good thing to put on at a party before you leave. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it and tell us. But, you know, really what it comes down to is if your favorite band is The Who. Your favorite band sucks. You are welcome for another wonderful episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. It's a great podcast. Honestly, it's the best podcast, and it just keeps getting better and better, in my opinion. You definitely enjoyed listening to that. You're definitely going to want to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and we're definitely going to keep kicking this much ass. This episode of the podcast is dedicated to Gen X Summer. This is not an ad. They did not pay us to say this. And in fact, they won't even know we said this until after this comes out. But you should know about this tour because it's got some of Mark's very favorite bands playing. We're talking Buckcherry, P.O.D., Alien Ant Farm, and Lit. Again, these are some of the bands that Mark listens to more than any other bands, and he's really excited for you to have the opportunity to buy tickets to this tour. Beginning in June, Gen X Summer is making stops in such prestigious rock markets as Corbin, Kentucky, Pecola, Oklahoma, Nixa, Missouri, Boner Springs, Kansas, and Naperville, Illinois. Get your tickets and more information, like where the hell those places are, at GenXSummer.com. The only way that lineup could be any better is if they added a true legacy act to the bill. I'm talking about a band that's been playing to that exact demographic since before Hot Topic was even a thing. I'm talking about the band we're discussing next week on Your Favorite Band Sucks.